You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Brown, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. We got a returning guest with us on the Panthers on Tap podcast this evening. Will Kunkel from Queen City News is joining us, host of Charlotte Sports Live, also the host of the podcast, A Relatable Journey. Will was up in Indy for the NFL Combine all last week. Will, I got to ask you, what's your hand size? <laughs> nine. <laughs> then Kenny Pickett. It's nine, so I win. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, I'm in the Kenny Pickett club. I actually measured. I did. I, I measured it. Uh, I was eight and a half, <laughs> right, uh-huh. right on the dot. So I guess I'm not an NFL quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Kenny's an NFL quarterback, but I don't think that anybody in this class is going to wow anybody. Yeah, let's start there, Will. Who impressed you the most at the Combine? I mean, raw talent. It's Malik Willis. Like, he caught everyone's attention. And I've been told by a lot of people, Desmond Ritter, Caught a lot of people's attention when they interviewed him. Um, but Malik's just not ready to be an NFL quarterback from what I'm told right now. But he is – they do think that he could be a good quarterback in the NFL down down the road, just not right now. So if you're the Panthers, drafting Malik Willis at six makes no sense because he's not quite ready yet. And then, so when I put that out on Twitter, of course, people are like, oh, just like Lamar Jackson. Like, no, actually, people got that just wrong. Like, they, they thought he couldn't be a quarterback. They tried to move him to wide receiver or whatever. They think Malik Willis can be a quarterback, but not right now. And I don't think anybody uh, in this class they're really high on. I'm told Washington, who desperately wants a quarterback and is very aggressive right now, is not interested in any of these guys at 11. And they're uh, probably a quarterback away right now. So you think it's it's I mean at this point it's really unlikely that Carolina is is thinking QB at six. There's no way. There's no way that they're thinking QB at six. I'm told that they want to trade back and still be able to get an offensive tackle. Um, they that they have to. If this was last year or next year, then you could take a quarterback, but they didn't. So that's a whole different conversation about what happened last year. But I'm told there's no way they go quarterback at six. They could go quarterback later because there's some guys that you could throw a flyer on, kind of like they did Will Greer way too early in the draft, by the way, on that pick and obviously didn't work out. But there's no way at six they they take a quarterback. So do you know, um, last week we had uh, Charles Cross's college coach on. Um, do you know of uh, an offensive player, I guess even defensive player, that the, the Panthers like at six right now? I think that they know that there would be a very good player available at six. Now, what that necessarily is, it's too early early to tell. I mean, the narratives on these things change like daily, let alone between now and the draft. But I know that they think that the draft, as most teams do, is really good after like 15. So it's not as top heavy as it normally is, especially in the quarterback position, which usually is what dictates all the trading and all the moving. Um, they, if they have a pick at six, they're confident that they can get a left tackle in particular that they think will be there, you know, for the next 10 years in Carolina. 
they also feel like if they trade back, they can probably get a pretty darn good left tackle as well. How far back, though, is the test because, you, listen, they've tried this whole thing where they try to piece it together. Last time we talked, I was in Spartanburg, and we were like, who's the left tackle? And I said, I have no idea. He may not even be on this roster. And honestly, he wasn't technically on the roster, but Brady Christensen wasn't a left tackle. And then he got turned into a left tackle because he should have been a left tackle. Matt Rule didn't play him at left tackle. And then it was like, okay, my bad. I should have played him at left tackle. He's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so you get the sense, though, that they're strongly considering him. They're at left tackle, even if they do move back. Because it seemed like that when Fitter was talking at the combine. He is their left tackle today. I do not think when the season comes around, he'll be their left tackle. Because if he is, that means they didn't address the left tackle position. Like they didn't go out. Put it this way, Brady is, was good enough to be their left tackle last year. He is not good enough to be their tackle for the next 10 years, I don't think. He is good enough to play somewhere else on the line for the next 10 years. Though. Like He's a very capable lineman in the NFL. He's probably not that dominant guy that you want. Like you want over Sean Slater, who they didn't think was going to pan out to be a left tackle in the NFL. They got that completely wrong as well, which worries me even more about their, their scouting when it comes to left tackles. Yeah, and I, I've seen a lot, a ton of reports recently, really over this last couple of days and mock drafts, that a lot of these so-called experts have Trevor Penning going to Carolina at six. A lot of people would say that's a reach. Do you, how, how do you what do what did you see from those guys, the linemen at in the combine, and do you feel like there's a real possibility that Carolina could be taking him there? I think it's possible, but I think, again, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting that they trade back and they st maybe get a guy like Penny then. Um, even I've seen drafts where Penny's ahead of Charles Cross. So I can't – I honestly, I can't sit here and act like I'm an interior, exterior lineman connoisseur. You know, I, I don't watch all the film on these guys and, and those guys in particular. Um, but – I would be shocked, truly. I would be genuinely surprised they do pick at six because they just have no ammo. Like, they have to be prepared for the future. They have to be prepared to be able to make a trade if they would like to because next year there are going to be quarterbacks in the future in the draft, and they need ammo to move up because they're going to have to be in the top five, you know, one, two, or three to get a pick. And truthfully, they'll, they'll be hovering around there with, after this season anyway. Yeah, it's looking like it for sure. Um, you know, one situation that Curtis and I have discussed, uh, that kind of is like a, uh, a doomsday scenario for it, in, in my opinion, um, uh, for the Panthers on draft day is they're sitting there at six, uh, none of their tackles they like are there. They get pack, picked before them. They don't love the quarterbacks and they go best player available at six. And that would be, I guess, like a Kyle Hamilton or a sauce Gardner or, uh, somebody like that. So uh, that's a situation that we've talked about before on here. And um, I really think that that would be detrimental e even further <laughs> than we already are to this team. So, uh, yeah, what would suck about that is not that Kyle, it's like the JC Horn conversation. JC Horn is awesome. It's not that they, who they pick, it's the position that they pick that is mm -hmm. detrimental. Like JC Horn is awesome. And it sucks that we can't look here and be like, look, he's, he's great. He got hurt, unfortunately. And he's going to come back. He's going to be really damn good. And Kyle Hamilton could be a really good safety for 15 years. The problem is they just don't need a 15-year safety right now. They need a 15-year left tackle. So, I mean, that is a scary spot to be in. I imagine – now, I don't know. I, 
I entirely trust the brain trust of like Scott Ritterer and Dan Morgan, the front office right now, like for sure. Mm-hmm. The dream is that they get ahead of a situation like that and make a trade if they see that coming, because then you're off the board, but then you at least have assets. You're not, <clears throat> you're not sitting there like, you know, like quicksand, like, oh crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, Will, do you think you say a trade back from what you can gather is likely at this point? Do you think they can acquire more picks by getting rid of some, you know, a guy like uh, Robbie Anderson? I know the there's still a lot of just speculation on Christian McCaffrey, but could they acquire a day two pick other than trading back in the first round? Yeah, I think you can get day two picks. Um, you're going to be selling. The problem is you're going to be selling Robbie to set, get to free up cap space at this point because he's coming off such a bad year. Like their best players are depreciating, depreciating assets, which sucks on the trade market. Christian McCaffrey's been out for two years. He's got a monster contract. You're going to get him on pennies on the dollar. Like if you traded McCaffrey a couple of years ago, you could have gotten a lot, but you would never have traded him a, year, a couple of years ago because you never would have seen this situation kind of evolving with the team and with his health, he was the cornerstone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, but the, the problem, so the answer to your question is yes, but the way, the best way to do that is to trade someone like DJ Moore or mm-hmm. Brian Burns. Like those are the guys that will get you returns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that is, you know, equivalent to who they are. Yeah. Now let's dive in a little bit more into the, these rookie QBs a little bit. That a lot of the talk we I joked about it at the start here, but hand size. What was the sense from clubs, scouts there about Kenny Pickett's hand size? I think off camera, everyone says who cares. The problem is the court of public opinion is so real, and a, and a team that takes Kenny Pickett. If you take him early, you need to hit, and you really can't have like something kind of go wrong. You can't have a glaring weakness in there. Because social media is real. These guys, they're human beings that make these picks. They hear all this. Um, and I think it depends who you ask. Like if, if, so you, you could think of it two ways. If he goes to a, a winner, you know, a place where you play outside, it could be an issue. But he played at Pittsburgh, so was it an issue there? I mean, I don't know. It's obviously a different league. He wears two gloves. I think that's obviously part of it because when you pump fake, you've got to be able to, like, throw full speed and stop without the ball coming out of your hand. That's why – I mean, eight and eight and a half inch hands, you can't do that. Um, so, and another thing is ball security when you're getting pass rushed. I think it's a, it depends who you ask, is, is it a big deal? Put it this way, it's not the biggest deal out there. Like if you couldn't hit a wide receiver with any sort of accuracy, that's a significantly larger deal. Or if you didn't have the arm strength, it's a significantly larger deal. It's something to talk about at a dead period in the NFL. It's like the perfect storm. He didn't show it off at his, his – he didn't measure his hands with the, the senior bowl or wherever, his pro day or whatever. So it was like the big moment that everyone was waiting for, which kind of sucks for him. But it's some, it's not nothing. Like, it's the smallest hands ever. So it's somewhere between not nothing and certainly not the biggest deal. Yeah, I mean, the, the ball gets bigger in the NFL. He fumbled 29 times in college. Uh, I think he lost like 11 or 12. But uh, – Fumbling was an issue for him, um, you know, in the pocket. And and we know how the line is in Carolina. So um, interior pressure and um, getting out of the pocket uh, is, you know, maybe something that he'll have to deal with. So uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think that's like the best 
thing to say about it. I was like, I guess we'll see. But, the, <laughs> you know, and it's easy for us to say that. But if you're a GM, you're like, I guess we'll see. I mean, that's like so tough to put on your on your resume. Like, I think we should do it. I guess we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> now, you talked about Ritter a little bit. Is You hear that the Panthers were impressed with him. Was that real? Because you saw Matt Rule with – Cincinnati's coach in the up in the box during the the combine so what what's the sense from Carolina with Ritter because that that hasn't come out you know that hasn't really surfaced until until the combine I think that they like him off the field I don't think there's a whole lot of love there on the field there's again and I don't don't care what quarterback there is there's not a quarterback in this class unless Willis puts it together that's going to help you win like right now and that's the problem with the Panthers they got to win right now so He's a he's a good day two day three guy. Um, you want to take a flyer on he'll probably be gone by day three. But there's a lot of guys in this draft, truthfully, that you can kind of take a flyer on, and if you hit, awesome. But I don't. I would be shocked if anybody, any quarterback, is taken in the top ten in this this year's draft. Well, yeah, that, that's what I've heard as well. That it's not not likely. And uh, I think on the radio this morning, uh, I was listening to. Uh, Greenberg and uh yeah he was saying that it the first quarterback might not go until like 15 20 range so yeah uh, so yeah and I I say 10 because dude, you guys know how these these teams are and yeah. if they get itch, itchy trigger fingers and their guy is not on the on the board anymore that they initially wanted and they kind of like the quarterback and they need a buzz you know they'll go up and get it it depends how the narrative changes between now and then because Right now, I don't think a team is feeling any sort of pressure to go up and get a quarterback. And not because the narrative is this narrative right now that there's no one really that good right now. So you're not feeling the pressure. Now, if that if that narrative changes, that's when you see teams do things that they wouldn't have done today. Yeah. Well, there's no secret, Will, that the starting quarterback position for the Panthers is open. Scott Fitterer said it at the combine. So do you think the route for Carolina at quarterback? is going to be in free agency if they don't go rookie in the draft? Yes, maybe. <laughs> and I say that because what ga- what game do you want to play? So I think their, their number one target is Deshaun Watson. And it depends what happens with him legally, of course, and all, you know everything that you've heard a million times and what do you have to give up. That's their number one win now target. Their number their, – everything else either doesn't exist or it's into – the future like it's another band-aid so like what game because you're coming off of teddy bridgewater and you're coming off of sam darnold are you trying to do that again with mitch trubisky is that because that's the that's the buzz name right now it's mitchell trubisky went to buffalo and changed his persona in the nfl but did he change any of his talent and i i don't have any idea but i doubt that you do you want another retread like that do you want like marcus mariota might be the ideal guy because he's established you kind of know what you're getting He's good enough. He's not bad like Sam Darnold was, unfortunately, last year. So you, you can plug him in until next year. But who else? You're not doing Teddy Bridgewater, obviously. Who else is there that you're going to go out there that isn't another retread? And they you can't just keep doing retreads. You're already losing the fan base in general. Yeah, I've I've had uh, this you know this this inkling this like feeling on the inside that. Jimmy Garoppolo is is very high uh, on the yeah. boards for the Carolina Panthers, and uh, you know I, I know he's coming off that shoulder surgery. I think reports were today that it was successful, and he should be throwing um, before the start of training camp. And 
Um, but I don't know, man. I'm I'm just a little I'm a little iffy on a on a quarterback that already struggled to throw, having surgery on his throwing shoulder. Uh, yeah, uh, but you know this this uh, organization, these this uh, current you know coaching staff and uh, less lesser front office, but uh, has done you know things in the in the past that not all of us agreed with. So I I just feel that Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, is one to keep an eye on um, for for sure. Hundred percent. The, my issue with Jimmy G is that he was in the best case scenario, like any quarterback could be in. He has a genius offensive head coach. He has weapons all around him. He's got a darn good offensive line and a pretty good darn defense on the other, other side of the ball to set him up. And it still wasn't like great. Like he was good. Don't get me wrong, but everything was around him was awesome. You yeah. bring him to Carolina. It is nothing like that. You do not have a genius offensive head coach. You don't have a good line. Your weapons are marginal compared to what you have in San Francisco, and you got to trade for him. This isn't a free agent standpoint. So if you trade for him, what are you willing to give up with a gap between him and Darnold? If Darnold's 32 out of 32 quarterbacks, where's Garoppolo? He's probably in that situation, like in the 20s somewhere. Mm-hmm. And all, like on the 49ers, a little higher because he gets the job done and he's a winning quarterback. But there's a lot that goes on into a, a guy being called a winning quarterback. So are you willing to trade – a lot, probably quite a bit, I'm sure, to get a guy that's just marginally better than Sam Darnold. And is that it's not like Jimmy's going to put you over the edge. You're not you're not this close to going to the playoffs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just don't think it's worth giving up anything. Yeah, that's that's the tough part. Yeah. Well, the big news today, obviously, Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos. I don't know if you've reached out to your source at all, but did the Panthers that you know of made an offer at all to Seattle? Can you can? So I did. I talked to my people and they said they were not involved in that at all. And that kind of surprised me a little bit just because they were in on Matthew Stafford. But I think part of it is they just don't have any ammo. Like they don't have any, who you, you don't, they don't have the picks and the trades that uh, the Broncos uh, had to give up in order to get Russell Wilson. So I was told they were not involved in that at all. Yeah, that's interesting. In on every well, I, deal. And, I, um, I I just saw this on Twitter. Uh, Joe Person just put out an article 10 minutes ago about the quarterback market. And um, apparently he – I don't I don't subscribe to the uh, athletic, but apparently it was quote tweeted. He put in – his article that the Panthers reportedly reached out to the Seahawks about Russell Wilson. I don't know if an offer was made, but uh, apparently they had, according to Joe Person, some kind of conversation with. They with may the have Seahawks. early on, like, hey, what's it going to take? And I, I don't doubt that there was something like that. I have no doubt that there was some sort of like you're kind of in on everything from that standpoint. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I could call a, a Lambo dealership and be like, hey, what are we talking about? You know, and then, then say I, I made an inquiry here. Yeah. But in reality, we know. We know what the cost is, and we know what the Panthers have to offer, and it, it's not much in order to get a guy like Russell Wilson right now. Yeah, if, if the Commanders offered three first-round picks and they turned it down because they wanted to get him out of the NFC, I don't think the Panthers stood a chance there. <laughs> yeah, there's just no way. They don't have the ammo, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, Will, the Panthers have made a few restructures most recently this week. Shaq Thompson, they cleared five mil off the books. They're sitting at 31 mil right now, according to Sport Track. What are you hearing? Is there is rest- more restructures coming here? Yeah, I've heard there's a plenty coming there. I think there's a handful coming. I think the only big splash 
free agency signing that they would make anyway, or like the way they would not free agency, but Deshaun, if he comes over the cap space that they would need would go towards him. I don't think they're going to go out and spend like crazy. I don't know who else who's out there that they would want to really go after um, in with the situation it is right now for them. Um, but I think it, a lot of that's because they got to re- resign Hassan. They may have to overpay him. I know they have a number for him right now and you got to get Stefan Gilmore and Dante Jackson and one of the two at least back because I don't know what the deal with CJ Henderson is I've heard just things that they're they like him on the field what's going on with his head I'm, I'm not entirely sure and they, they like him more than they should is what I'm told um, but they just need money to play with like this roster is not very good so they got they got to make moves somewhere and then bring back the good players that they do have so you yeah. think there's a chance that they they re-sign Reddick? It's, uh, it seems like every fan on Twitter thinks that's out the door. I think there's a chance. Uh, it depend and it depends what the free market and the open market says to him. Like if he wants fifteen million dollars, he probably won't come back here. If he gets fifteen million dollars, he's not coming back to the Panthers. Um, so for the right price, they they absolutely want to re-sign him, and I know he wants to come back. But there is there's definitely a number out there. But this does allow them to overpay maybe by like a mil or two a year versus like having that hard number that they had. And so it's going to be interesting to kind of see what the open market says to him because he says he wants to go to 250 pounds. If you watch tape, his issue isn't his weight on run stopping. His issue is his mental side that he gets out of the gap too easily. And he's got to stay in his gap. He's got to mind his gap. As you know, Ron always used to talk about the run fits. This is the issue, and he, he unfortunately gets out of his gap and, and chases a guy far too often. Mm-hmm. Now, the the uh, the later two free agents that you mentioned, uh, Dante Jackson, Stephon Gilmore. Do you know? Um, do you have an idea of, of which way they're leaning on on those two? And is it possible to sign both of them, or uh, what that situation is? It's possible. I think they're. I think if I was a betting man as of right now, the wind's blowing more towards Dante um, than Stephon. I think Stephon would would command more money on the free agency market. Yeah. Um, so I think they, they would play the wise money game and go with Dante, which surprises me from where we were a couple of years ago. Like we were like, no way. Mm-hmm. And now it sounds like, all right, he might be back. Well, I had a question going back to the combine. So you, you know, Scott Fitter held the press conference, Matt rule decided against the podium, but he did have a little I don't know if you want to call it a round table with some of the reporters. Do you think the sales are shifting of the power structure in Carolina? Do you think that, you know, Fitterer might have a little bit more say than he did last year? Um, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yes. <laughs> um, um, yes to the answer. And it, there's a there's just two, there's two philosophies right now in the building of do you want to win now and make those moves or do you build this judiciously over the next two years to be good and do this probably wisely in my mind and one coach is on the hot seat and one GM is not and they're kind of doing a little bit of this <clears throat> but it's going to be fascinating come draft to see who gets that final saying who get and it's going to be very obvious with what they do oh yeah um to about who won that on conversation and i i have a feeling i know who it's going to be and i'll tell you afterwards if i was <laughs> right or wrong 
Well, we got to we got to end on Cam Newton. I want to talk about him a little bit. They both both were asked about it, but has he played his last snaps in Carolina? I think so, because depending who you bring in, Cam still can compete for the starting job. So the only way he comes back, in my mind, the only way I would want Cam back, and I love Cam, I'm a Cam guy, is that if he is the spell quarterback, red zone like he was in Arizona, that's where he's awesome. He's not good enough now to play 48 minutes of consistent football, drive up and down the field with this line. Like, it just ain't – it ain't Cam at this point, unfortunately. But he's still a really good, you know, additive to an offense. So I think he is because I don't think they have a quarterback that's good enough to really separate himself from Cam to where Cam couldn't be the starter. And I don't think he's good enough to be the starter. I think someone like Marcus Mariota probably better suited for a four-quarter type, you know, game. Uh, And we saw that with the Panthers last year. Like the game – well, at points, the game was three quarters too long. But generally speaking (laughs) – the game was like, you know, a quarter too long for the Panthers. They were good in the, either in the first half of the, or sometimes three quarters, rarely. And it was just too long. And, and with Cam, I think that's kind of the case. Is that there's just too many drives within a game for him to be what he needs to be for this team to be good. So I, I think he's played his last snap. And it sounds like Scott Fritter says Cam will know where he stands with the Panthers by free agency. That way Cam can go approach free agency with a clear mind and clear heart of what's going on. I, I got I got one last last question for Will. Okay. Is the NFC South the worst division in football going into 2022? Thankfully, I think it is. Like that. <laughs> I asked Scott this question. I said to him, "Is the does the fact that the NFC South is pretty much wide open widely, depending on what the Bucks do at quarterback, and they're in the in the same boat as the Panthers, which makes it even more difficult. Like there are some teams out there. That, there's about 12 teams that need a quarterback, including the Panthers. So like, why are these? quarterbacks and go to the Panthers if you can go somewhere like the Bucks if you're good mm-hmm. but like does this change your mindset with some decisions and you could see like yeah it does like it allows us to have a shot like we have a puncher's chance at competing in the division if you compete in the division and you know you get seven wins eight wins you have a chance of getting in the playoffs just because you're you know you're the tallest short, short person or whatever you're allowed to say <laughs> these days. so um it depends it Yes, it's the weakest in the NFL as of this moment, yeah. depending what the Saints and Bucks do at quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Which is good and bad because it's like fool's gold. Like you can think you are good because you're competing in your division when in reality, the scope of the NFL, you're not good. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well, Will, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Will Kunkel Fox. You can watch him on Queen City News. Also give his podcast some love or relatable journey. And again, Will, it's a pleasure to get you on. I know it was last minute, but we really do appreciate it. Thank you, man. the world for you, boys. Love talking to you guys. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. Well, we just want to thank Will again for coming on. We really appreciate his insight. A lot of good stuff from him there. Bryce, I want to circle back to the combine a little bit. I know you, me, you and I had a chance to watch bits and pieces. Um, was there anyone, I know uh, Will said that it, it seems like Will has stuck out the most. He's got the greatest potential. What did you see from the QBs and who'd you like? Yeah, I, I agree with Will. Um, I think that, you know, Willis, you know, he made a couple of those deep throws that 
were were beautiful. Um, Carson Strong made a couple throws that were really nice. Um, I think that Malik definitely um, saw his stock go up the most out of anybody um, through the draft process, uh, quarterback-wise at least. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if Malik is the first quarterback off the board. I know, you know, we, we've all heard the reports that um, David Tepper likes Kenny Pickett. And then, you know, even more recently that the front office likes Malik Willis more than Kenny Pickett. So, um, you know, we'll see when it comes down to it. But I tend to agree with Will that I think that the Panthers are going to try their darndest to trade back and um, see see what's there when when they are up to pick wherever that is with the trade back. So um, I've I've stood by that Malik Willis is my favorite quarterback in the draft. He still is, and he will be up until draft day. And um, wherever he goes, he might not be ready to play immediately, but um, once he is ready to play, he is going to be a very good quarterback in this league, um, I believe. So um, that is that's pretty much my take from the uh, combine. Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was impressed with both those guys. There's no doubt the ceiling on Willis is higher than anyone. I mean, he's he has the the physical tools of a lot of these, you know, franchise QBs or the the new franchise quarterback of the NFL, the Lamar Jacksons of the world, um, the Patrick Mahomes off script stuff. Pickett's growing on me. He really is. Um, and what the situation Carolina is in, I think if they did go the rookie route, I think he would be the one to do it because he's, I feel like he's, I hate using this, but more ready uh, as a, as a QB. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, he, I I've seen this comparison, the Mac Jones comparison. I feel like Pickett is, I feel like the comp with his processing is pretty accurate. He is a pretty good processor like Mac Jones was, mm-hmm. but I think he's way more athletic. I think he, yeah. I think that's another thing he adds to the table. And if, if Carolina can bring in a Mac Jones like player, who's way more athletic, I don't know how he can't get this team to eight and nine wins. If they retool the offense line, I know Will. I know will probably knows more than we do about this stuff, but I'm not throwing away that they're not going rookie quarterback. Maybe I'm just being stubborn because that's what I want to happen. Um, no, I think that it. I think it. I, I yeah. I don't think that you should. Uh, I think it's absolutely still a possibility, and um, that you know, right now they may be saying they're not, but they are looking um, at mm-hmm. quarterbacks just for like trade back value. But um, you know, I I think that they're absolutely. They want to see what happens with trades and free agency. Um, get through that if if they come if they don't come out with a quarterback from either of those yeah markets, there is no way in hell they're yeah. not going QB in the draft I don't care they're not Sam Darnold is not starting this next year at QB yeah. and I mean unless it's they draft in Malik Willis and he ain't ready like yeah. I don't or a Desmond Ritter um I just don't I mean they're not they're not punting this season uh and going with Sam Darnold I mean Especially unless in- unless Scott Fitterer's blowing smoke up everyone's asses. I'm not buying. I mean, it it is clear that they do not have, they are not comfortable to name a starter right now, a QB. And I, it's, I don't think it's going to be Sam. And it doesn't make it any better that, you know, maybe if Matt rule wasn't on the hot seat and this wasn't possibly his last season, maybe they roll with, you know, Sam Darnold again or whatever, just to, you know, they got to pay him anyways, just do it. Um, But this is Matt rules 
make or break season uh, coming up. You know, he, he made it through season two with a lot of controversy. People, some people thought he shouldn't have, you know, at, at the end of the season, I thought he should be fired, but mm-hmm. coming into year three, if he has another season that is a letdown five win, six win season, or even lower, he's not making it through, through year three. He's not, he will be fired. So with that in play, I think that they will, you know, they're, they're going to try to get a quarterback any way they can. And if, if they don't have one by going, by the time they go into the draft, they will draft one at six. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see which route they take. Um, and and just to uh, just to add on what I mentioned earlier to Will uh, from that Joe Person article, even in regards to Russell Wilson, uh, just a little bit more on that. Um, so uh, Joe Person mentioned that you know the Panthers did reach out, and that Wilson um, preferred to play for Denver, where he wouldn't haunt the Seahawks. So. Apparently they had pretty extensive talks with, with uh, Seattle about Russell. Um, he doesn't mention anything about a deal or yeah. a, about an offer, but um, it apparently, you know, it got to the point where they were talking to, uh, to Russell about playing in Carolina. So, you know, he, he's a former NC state star, um, but you know, he, he wanted to play in the AFC. It sounds like. So um, uh, he also mentions that Carr would be of interest um, to Carolina if he becomes available. Um, which and why he he's not going to be available. I'm not, yeah. I can't, I mean, look at that division. Anticipate. You got to have a damn quarterback in that division now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. even Carr, I get it. He might not be the cream of the crop of that division, but if you yeah. go in trading it, I mean, yeah. I mean, there is no way in hell uh, the guy from new England that escaping my main, their new coach went into Oakland and not, and not had a quarterback yeah. in mind. Like the guy went there, I think to coach Derek Carr. So it's it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, and then um, you know if if they miss out on Watson, he mentions Jimmy Garoppolo would definitely be a in play. So uh, there are a, a lot of options um, that we have in Carolina this offseason to address the quarterback position. Um, there's a lot of controversy which way uh, they should go, but um, I'm just excited uh, to say that more than like more than likely we will not be watching Sam Darnold play for the Panthers again. So, you know, unless it's in like some kind of a backup role next season. Um, so I'm just happy to say that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to keep saying a prayer that they go the rookie route. I am. I want them to go rookie so bad. I, I do too. I, I, I think that's the most conducive to, to this team and they can address the offensive line and free agency with this, with these restructures and even more that they got, that they got coming down the pipe according to will. So um, they could sign a couple guards, keep Christensen at left tackle for this upcoming season and go the rookie route. And then Kenny Pickett would beat Sam Darnold out in training camp. Like, I don't even think Sam Darnold would start one game if he's on this roster still. Um, and Malik Willis might as well. I, you know, people mm-hmm. say he's not ready, but when he's going in the competition against Sam Darnold, he's probably going to look damn ready. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you know, e- either way, um, I think Kenny Pickett will be a good quarterback in the NFL. I think Malik Willis would be a good quarterback in the NFL. I would be happy with either. My preference is Malik Willis, but – um, this is why it all goes back to p- them passing on Justin Fields, uh, which would have been the number one quarterback in this draft class, by far the top quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. And they pass on him for a corner last year. Um, if, you know, if they take him in that draft, we're not, we're not talking about any of this right now. So um, we're here because of mistakes made. And, uh, you know, I'm tired of talking about mistakes being made by my favorite team in the NFL, but, Uh, We're here and we're doing it.
Yeah, and sticking with the draft, one one last thing. I thought it was interesting. It, it was a, definitely something that got pushed under the rug today, deservedly so with all the blockbuster moves made. But Jaguars, they franchise tag Cam Robinson, yep. which pretty much locks up that they're not going to go tackle number one in the draft, which yep. over these last couple of weeks, they, that was moving towards uh, uh, an Evan Neal and an Icky. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that guy anymore. So we're going to just stick with it there. But that that makes things interesting for Carolina because that pushes these tackles back at least one spot and much closer to Carolina. And that I mean, that could be the route they go. I I mean, I have a hard time believing if Icky or Evan Neal are at six, Carolina is not putting that card in the minute they're on the clock. So, yeah, I mean, if you just go through it, so the, so the Jags have the first pick. They're not going to go tackle because, like you said, they locked up Cam Robinson. The Lions aren't going to go tackle. They just drafted Sewell last year. The Texans have Tunzel. Um, I, I, th- I know there's been reports that the Texans might try to move him, or, but if they don't, they're not, they're not going to go tackle um, at three. The Jets have uh, Beckton at tackle. The Giants have a tackle. <laughs> so, like – uh, but I could see, I could see any one of the, those three you just mentioned. I could see them go online then, even if I mean they might view one of these guys. Either they slide one of them over to right side. That's a that happens a lot. So yeah. I could see. I think it's there's a possibility that one of those guys is at five to the Giants. I don't know. I I feel like the Giants might go linemen, but we'll see because they have yeah. what they have two picks in the top ten, don't they? The Giants. Yeah, they got five and seven. So. Then, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I they, they could go there, but I don't think that, you know, that's the biggest area of need for those teams. But if they're p- picking best player available and Evan Neal sitting on the board or or Iki Ananmu is, uh, then, you know, that, that might be the player they pick. So it, it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be interesting um, to watch the draft. And, you know, there's so many unknowns going into this draft with grades on players that – you know, nobody really knows who's at the top of each team's board. So yeah, it's um, tough. It's tough. It's going to be an interesting night in Vegas. Yeah. A lot of speculation right now, which drives me nuts, but it also keeps me intrigued. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, a lot of smoke, but where there's smoke, there's fire, man. Yes, there is. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Well, We want to thank everyone for listening to the Panthers on tap podcast this evening. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday on ever, wherever you listen to your podcast, go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on tap for all your analysis and breaking news. We're closing in on a thousand followers. I'm hoping we can get there very shortly. Um, So please follow us on Twitter. We do appreciate it and like, and retweet all of our content. And as always, 